And welcome to the Father Seekers Podcast. My name is Pastor Keith, the host of the Father Seekers Podcast. And next to me, as always, is Pastor Barry Edgman, the founder and creator of Father Seekers. Not only the podcast, but everything that it stands for and represents. Pastor Barry, how are you doing today, sir? Hey, get, hey guess what? Today, we're <laughs> going to do something different than we've ever done, I think. Like, like different, like not... It's going to be just out of the box, hard, like hard edit, no fluff in the beginning. Like, yeah. Yeah. We're going to look at three passages of script. We've, I don't think we've ever done that. Like, just cut to the case. Like say, here's, here's, here's this, here's what we're talking about. And then here's what Jesus said about it. Like hardcore, no fluff, no muff. I was talking to one of the guys who, who is a chronic listener of our podcast, like Mm -hmm. literally. And he said, he always sends me these long three-page messages. And I'm saying, dang, bro, you got that much out of this? Dang. Um, but there are people who listen and actually believe what the Scripture says, and they begin to act on it, and it's it makes things happen in their lives. Well, I hope that most, <laughs> most people are doing that. Yeah, like, exactly. whenever, I hear, whenever I hear Scripture, I hear people discuss it, uh, mutter it. Mutter it. Uh, discern it. I, I, I like to believe that... Even if I, even if I didn't like, I never read it like that. Yeah. There's bits and pieces of that that I can take and apply yeah. to my life. Yeah. So I hope that everyone who hears the word applies. You know, you know, you just hit on. So I think, I think maybe we should do something with, uh, with Pastor Sean's idea and concept of mutter and how to build community amongst guys later on. But anyway, so, um, so on this, th- on this, on this whole. Um, this whole weather thing here, we need to we need to draw attention to the weather here in Wisconsin. It got really cold fast. It did. It does that. Mm-hmm. It's, I like it. It's a windbreaker weather for me. Like, but what's funny is if if this weather were in the South, people would be in parkas and and hats. And and what I'm getting at here is it it really depends on the part of the country in which you live and how you respond. To weather. You ever notice that? Like you go to, like, for example, L.A., if it rains, it's like there's a hurricane coming through town. Well, it depends on when it rains. Sometimes right. when it rains, it's like people go out in the street and dance because it's been so dry. A drought. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or if you're if you're not accustomed to humidity and you go down south to Memphis or Nashville or Knoxville, yeah. it's like, oh, the humidity is horrible here. So with that, before we get into it, I want to say that the most wretchedly hottest place on earth I have ever, I've mm-hmm. ever, I've ever, I mean, I've been in Vegas and that was blisteringly hot, but mm-hmm. unusually like I got out of mm-hmm. the car, I'm like, oh, this is real. Was the Kentucky Derby of all oh, places. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. like how they say it's a very dry heat in that desert and in the Western Southwestern portion of the United States, it's very warm. I've been, I have family in Mexico, I've been in Mexico. It, that's just a warm, really like a dry heat. But when I got, yeah. when, that day I got out at the Kentucky Derby. Mm. It was it was like 112. So I mean that's warm to begin with. Yeah. But it was just like wet, like mm-hmm. instantaneously my jeans were damp. Yeah, you know, like yeah. like it was no place on earth should be that warm. You know, um, that's, that has to be what he- what hell feels like. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't venture there, but I would say that um, the the Kentucky Derby is an experience if you've not done that. That's definitely a bucket yeah, list thing. Yeah, it's like, nice, nice in spring when, I mean, the weather's not yeah, vicious. I was at yeah. the Derby 
in the in the middle of July. Ooh. And that was like, oh. it was like this gross. Ooh. It's like it, oh. I've been to very hot places. Yeah. But like the mixture of hot and then mm. this like like feels like you have a wet beach towel wrapped around you. Yeah. Yeah. So when you go to different places, you have to you have to adapt to the to the climate. You have to adapt to like one year I went to uh on a mission trip to Argentina, took a bunch of kids down with some friends. Um and the guy that led the trip, the this was way back before Google. So I'll just let you know that. So nobody checked nobody checked what the weather would be like. So the leader of the trip said, he said, it's summertime. We got down to uh, Argentina. Uh, it was winter. It was yeah, wintertime. The lower half of yeah. the, the world. Yeah. The, the flip-flopped. Yeah. So everybody was really ticked off and they had to buy winter clothes or freeze. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. it was just Australia horrible. Australia, it's a, it's a very, like... Australia right now is leaving their cold season mm-hmm. and it's going to start getting warm. Yeah. It's so weird. Yeah. But I want to take that, that idea, that concept into our, our talk today, our discussion, because I think we all, a couple things, we all, we all have the ability to acclimate to climate when we get into it. And I think today when we talk about, um, how to speak to God. And we look at the contents of our heart, the contents of our heart and how we speak to God actually creates a climate in our lives. It actually creates, um, a weather system with weather, weather patterns. And I think that people, if they understood that and understood how to examine how how they actually speak to God, that it would it would actually transact a process in their life where they would find a rewarding ability and a rewarding skill set to be able to sit and talk to God. Now, we'll talk about a verse here in a minute, but one of the things that I found most simple in my life that has simplified my life is when I don't try to be articulate and I don't try to be wordy with God. I just pray simple, heartfelt prayers. And it's like, those are the ones that get the most response and the biggest answer. I'd say in my life, it's not a, it's not a, uh, uh, is or isn't. Um, but I'll tell you the I pray more often than not, mm-hmm. not even full sentences, mm-hmm. but because I do that on a consistent basis and I'm tapping into the Holy spirit and talking to God, um, I, I pray a lot through the day, mm-hmm. though they're not extended, get down on my knees for 45 minutes nonstop, mm-hmm. but I, I right. but there, right. it would be, it wouldn't be unusual for me in the middle of working to close my eyes for a second and be like, give me, mm-hmm. let me see what, show me what you, show me what you want. Mm-hmm. Show me. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Right, it's a, it's that ongoing conversation. I think mm-hmm. we misunderstand that, that with, with, prayer is just not sitting in a corner. It is sitting in a corner. It is for sure. It is solitude and Mm -hmm. journaling. A lot of us are journalers here. 
Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, but don't beat yourself up because you're not. A, if you do journal and don't, you miss a day or two. Don't beat yourself up. You, yeah. It doesn't mean that's the only way you pray. There's there's lots of ways to pray, but when you talk about the content of your praying, uh, when you talk about uh, when you when you talk about what you say, like there are people in my life that I know that when I see them coming. Uh, I go the other way because, or, or I just, I just tell them like it is. And I try, I'm trying to exhibit more grace in my life and more kindness. And, um, most of the time when some of these people, I see them coming, um, I want to go the other way because I know that their narrative and what they're saying is is no there's no hope in it there's there's always a complaint there's always yeah, and many cool. many of those many of the times what I've learned many of the times what I've learned is that those people want to be seen heard and understood and they're just hurt yeah so yeah so I've learned how to apply grace to that and and because of that my narrative has changed with those people and my 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 approach to those people has changed it's like I don't I don't go the other way now I just I don't hesitate to tell them the truth like, bro, look, you are so negative. Look, think about that. You could be such a good guy. Like, and I think that's where the change in conversation comes with those people. So, so when we talk about, oh yeah, we were going to unload some scripture right away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let let's let's talk about this. So, um, when you when you or I. Let's talk about words first. Let's talk about what words actually do. Words create culture and the words that I hear and read you matter of fact tell the story tell the story you told right before we started like in our walkthrough about uh, clipping through a good portion of the New Testament while oh. you were working the other day. Oh, this sure. is a this is a prime example of how words create culture yeah um, so I mean <clears throat> I oftentimes when I'm doing like yard work I will uh, I will put uh, a, a, a headset in like one ear in and listen to just listen to the, the Bible, the Bible app. And, and I think it's funny because a lot of people will, will say like, Oh, I just don't have time to read the Bible. Right. Uh, I understand that the book is really big and the print is really small. So it mm. gives this illusion. Like it's mm-hmm. this just giant mountain. Yeah. Um, I mean, so I was outside, uh, you know, I think it might've been my second to last mow of the year. If the weather <laughs> sticks the way it was, hopefully, but I was, weed. I did the weeds, I uh, cleaned up the fence line, mm-hmm. mowed the lawn. My yard's my yard has a slight hill by the grace of God, and mm-hmm. it's great when it rains, mm-hmm. tough when it's mowing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just I, I put in the Bible. Didn't even uh, didn't even make the guy who reads it, the English guy re- who reads it. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't speed it up. He was reading it in real time, mm-hmm. and I, I tore through. Uh, one Thessalonians, two Thessalonians, one Timothy, two Timothy, Titus, Philemon, Hebrews, and James. So. That was, let me count that out, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight books in the New Testament that I did in, in a, maybe an hour, 15, hour and a half. Um, but I did so much re- like listening, and there's so much time with God. Uh, I mean, there were a few times I was telling Pastor Barry this before we press record that there are some lines that stood out to me, particularly in Hebrews. That yeah, that's I, a good, that's so good, that, that I, line. I, I thought of one of our, one of our, uh, one of our coworkers. Um, and I was like, sheesh, oh man. And I have since sent, uh, the scripture, uh, to this coworker and said, Hey, I was, mm-hmm. I heard this mm-hmm. the other day and 
you immediately came to my mm. mind and heart. Um, but like, there's not really an excuse to, to, to tear through some of the Bible, right? Like it, it doesn't, it's not as difficult. It's not as difficult as you think it, it would be to, t- I mean, that's a lot of the new Testament I tore through and, and man, an hour and a half doing a basic task, which is mowing the lawn, which, you know, a task that you don't need too much thought. So you can really kind of listen if mm. something's reading in your ear, but yeah. Uh, finding time in your life to, to, uh, to take those moments, to take, uh, the opportunity to, to get into the word. So, so that's a good, that's a good, um, that's a really good segue into this, this statement that words create culture. And as you begin to process those words and think about those words and, you took action on those words and you move forward with those words and you actually use those words, create culture. So you're creating a culture of conversation with this person and it's not just junk or, or, or I call surface or shallow conversation, but the words, 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 create culture. The words that I hear and read in my mind, create thoughts and ideas. And those thoughts and ideas form concepts, beliefs, and understandings and insights. And from those concepts, beliefs, understandings, and insights, I create pathways. By default, I create pathways to destiny and legacy and the influence of those I love and lead. So so everything I'm hearing, everything I'm reading, helps it, it gives me a pool of words to pull from to form these ideas and concepts and then most importantly above all that it defines my relationship my communication relationship and my worship with god so what i'm hearing and i'm you know if you want to get yeah, sidetracked yeah, break, on break, break that down break. okay but if you want to get sidetracked on music this podcast is probably not for you because what you listen to and you put in your mind and in your heart that's what you're going to become but to, to break this down as you heard or or words that you hear that people speak to you, for example, people say, I've stopped listening to the news because all it did was make me feel negative and talk about negative things. Mm-hmm. It's just the way we're made. It doesn't yeah. mean that news is bad. It's the way that we're made, that we hear things and we form ideas and thoughts. And then from those ideas and thoughts, we begin to speak from those ideas and thoughts. Yeah, we, we are a, a culture of osmosis. What what is around us, we will make more of. If 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 yeah, it's like when a cell divides and splits, yeah. it replicates itself. Right. So we are a pool of cells that once we're div- once we divide and make more of, mm-hmm. it's we just are replicating what we're around. Well, I think the truth be said about that is that we're we're actually we're actually designed to be repeaters mm-hmm. like we, we are we are the definition of, of cells through osmosis repeaters that's oh you, you're doing that I'm gonna, I'm gonna copy that it, and make more of it everything in our lives is just exactly yeah. that it we're we're created to be repeaters yeah. so what is it that we're repeating and what is it that's in our life that forms what i'm getting is i'm starting out with a broad idea and i'm coming in real tight and sharp and fast with the way that we communicate with ourselves and with others dictates the way that we communicate with God. And one of the reasons I think, you know, in the process and prep for this, I thought, you know, let's talk about why guys don't like to talk and 
what sort I, I thought you know what it's our responsibility as men to develop a relationship and a narrative that that speaks life to people and not death it's our responsibility as men and fathers and husbands to speak the truth to people in love and and be graceful but but here's three here's here's the concise breakdown of, of what I just said words create culture culture defines narratives narratives identify pathways they identify the value in myself and the value that I see in other people narratives form my future my destiny my legacy and it actually is the true source of my hope like if I'm never finding hope in something it's because my narratives are those things that not are not life-giving but if I'm listening to life-giving narratives then all of a sudden I become a life giver and a life thinker and, and life that happens in me. Just like you sent this, this insight to a, a coworker. It was, it was, it was exhortation. It was lifting up. It was building up. And guess what? It was because you were, you were, you were encouraging yourself and exercising a spiritual discipline of learning God's word. And then that word became a part of you and not only did it come a part of, become a part of you, but you 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 pushed it forward in the life of somebody else. That's the great commission. That's the yeah. truth. Like point this out in somebody's life. And when when we understand that, we understand that, then our narratives change. And 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 why is the big deal about narrative? What's the big deal? Here's the big deal. There are four types of narratives that we have. Now, there, there are literally more than that, but just as a broad scope here. We have narratives for fresh conversation. In every conversation, most of us attempt to have a fresh narrative, not just, not just oh, I know that guy's script. I can tell you what he's going to say next. And again, you got a fresh narrative, not a rote, stale, like you you – it's like you have the same thing to say about everything. Who wants to hear a guy like that? Nobody. Then there's another another narrative where we just repeat mindlessly what we've heard. Mm-hmm. But then there's this other narrative where we purposefully copy meaningful words and ideas and concepts and we apply them to our lives and then we begin to speak those things. I can think of people in my life that are are one of all four of those. Yeah, you know, some of them more than one, but yeah, yeah, there, there's, yeah, the the dominant narrative in your life will always be the one remembered. We just talked about this in the thing mm-hmm. pre-show. The dominant narrative in your life, the one that people hear most coming out of your mouth, is the one that you'll be remembered for. Mm. Yeah, when when you were talking, I was thinking. Uh, when the word becoming flesh, you know, we, we define the Perfect word, becoming, example. the word becoming flesh is Christ. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, the word becoming flesh can also be you. And, and this is how it can become you. If, if Christ is in you, you are in Christ mm-hmm. and Christ can't disown himself. Mm-hmm. So if Christ is in you, his word is becoming flesh. 
we, we, we think that it was only possible with Christ, but if Christ is in you and you're, you're in him, your life is him, you, you're applying what he, his teachings. I think you just probably gave the biggest takeaway of the podcast is if, if his word is in me and I choose to live in relationship, constant and consistent relationship, not sporadic, but constant and consistent Then, and I obey his commands, love one another, love God. Then he's in me and I'm in him. And then the things that, that I hear, Jesus said, Jesus said, he told the disciples, he said, I only do and say what I see my father doing and saying. Mm-hmm. Now think about just, just Jesus, just, just Jesus himself said, look what you, this is why he was so sure about his identity as son of God. I only do what I see my father doing. I only say what he says. I only do what he says to do. Yeah, he is he is a, a defining feature of osmosis. He surrounded himself with God, but willfully God is him. Yeah, but without the osmosis tends to give. It's a yes. I like that, but I want to unpack that idea a little bit because most people think osmosis is robotic. It's actually not. It's actually organic, if you think about it. We hope that people, as they are exposed to something, that they grab hold of it and and exercise it. We hope that. I think that's a general understanding of osmosis. But not everybody does that. It has to be applied. I think as we look at as we look at and understand Jesus, Jesus. Jesus invested his life in, in, in being the imitation of his father on the earth mm. to people. Yeah. So here's the, let's look at three verses that, and then, then I want to give nine simple things about, about how to, to create the content for your prayer, content creation for your prayer life. But here's the, here's the three verses I want to talk about. The first is Matthew six, seven, and eight. When you pray, don't babble on like the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them for your heavenly father knows exactly what you need before you ask him. Now, a little bit of a disclaimer here. The word Gentiles uh, actually in most translations, that word Gentiles is pagan. Don't babble on like the pagans with spells and incantations and, and mutterings that don't make any sense at all. The word Gentile actually refers to nations, not not um, not not that Gentiles are pagans, although they they could be, but but that's not the general definition. The point is this: when we pray, we don't have to have this autopilot repeating narrative where you say the same things over and over and over again and where you repeat the same prayers over and over and over again. We get stuck in a rut and we get stale. And when we begin to have a fresh narrative, see, I think most people get discouraged when they pray and form content for their prayers. I think that they get discouraged because they've said the same thing for so long now and they've seen no action or no movement in their lives that they get discouraged with God. Yeah. And he clearly says, don't, 
don't just keep, don't not pray for the same things. When we, when we babble on, babbling on is either because I'm selfish and I don't want to, I don't want to listen. I just want to tell everything I know uh, so I can be heard. That's a babbler. And the other part of babbling is I just, I just engage with small talk. And I think that's the story here is that when we're, when we're praying to God and speaking to him, the way that we should do that is to be in full, full engagement. And sometimes that's a couple of words. Sometimes it's pouring out our heart. Sometimes it's, it's nothing. It's listening. See, when I read that, the, what I'm taking from that verse, and I, I like it, what, you, what you said is, is uh, absolutely correct. Um, when, I, when I read that, what I thought of was, when you pray, don't babble on as, a, as the Gentiles do. I think that that was kind of like a, because uh, Matthew knew that there was an example there of a type of person. And um, it, it isn't necessarily like, I think that's more of an inside, mm-hmm. more of an inside direct, like the person uh, Matthew is writing, uh, writing two and four would have known this type of person. Mm. Um, so I don't get too hung up on that line so much as, as, uh, as the last line here in that verse, um, for your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. Now you can take one part of that coin and be like, well, if, if he already knows, why do I have to say it? You know, but mm-hmm. but he knows because he knows everything. Mm-hmm. Now you have to say it because he wants to check your honesty. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like he <clears throat> he knows your heart. Yeah, he knows he knows what your thoughts are, your darkest ones, your your most hopeful ones. Mm-hmm. It he wants you to just come to him honestly. Mm-hmm. You know, so don't babble on about nothing that's that's not of the heart. Yeah, you know, don't babble on of useless talk like this group of people that I'm writing this, this, this scripture out to know and can identify with, Mm. um, 2000, almost 2000 years later. I don't, I don't know necessarily if, if that, if that can hit as hard to a casual reader that Mm. hasn't studied those, uh, groups of people 2000 years ago, you know, don't, don't you think though, to your point, don't you think that when, when people babble, they get distracted on rabbit trails where they miss the whole point of prayer and yeah. the opportunity to listen to what God says about just the one thing that they're really mm-hmm. heartfelt about. Yeah, if, when I hear, when I think of a babbler, it's people like I think of a, of a person who just isn't educated, like who has mm-hmm. nothing, not educated, like as a, like a person with low, with a low IQ, mm-hmm. or I think of a person who is talking on a subject that they don't, they know nothing of. That's a babbler to me that if you truly had a, a, a an understanding and a wisdom and a knowledge of this subject, you wouldn't have to babble, mm-hmm. you know, you would get directly to the point. And when I hear, when I, when I read that line, uh, don't babble on it. It's, it's like a, a dig because these people that are just talking, they're not getting anywhere. They're not being honest. They, they don't know what they're talking about. Don't be like that. Know what you're talking about. Come to me, come to me and pray with, with your heart. Cause you know, your heart. What if we, what if we, what if we flipped the coin on this verse and just said, what if we read it backwards? Not like, not backward masking like they used to do me. That's back in the day. Like when you put Most a Beatles, when you put a Beatles record on? Play it backwards. Yeah. Backward. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knows what that's about. I'm sure so, half the people listen. So what if we started the verse with this? For your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. So when you pray, don't babble on exactly as the pagans do, 
They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like that. <laughs> yeah, see, now that's... So that makes more sense the, to me. The thesis right. is at the end of the paragraph. Right. You know? Yeah. And that's that's how I've always taken that that scripture way. It's, um, again, I don't get hung up so much, like you said, like on the Gentile, yeah. on, the, on that portion. That's yeah. just an example. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that example, unless you go and study that example, unless yeah. you've dedicated some time into researching that example, that, that example probably isn't hitting home for you. Mm. But w- the meat of that for me is uh, you, can, you, you can run, but you can't hide. Yeah. Your father knows you. What if, knows what if, what if you. we, what if we, what if we did like, what if we prayed, since you know exactly what I need, why don't you tell me what I need? Yeah. And then I'll just sit here and wait on you to tell me that instead of making all this noise about what I think I need. That's a, that's an, that's a, uh, that's a great, um, that's a great goal to, to get to. Mm-hmm. But in order to get to that level of, uh, spirituality of that level of, uh, teachability, the culture words, you know, the culture words that are in our lives. In order to get that, you first have to fully submit, right? Mm. So if you're babbling on on a subject you know nothing of, and usually in prayer you're supposed to be praying of yourself and the people so around you. If you don't actually, know these people, yeah, then so that, that's a long-term yes. goal that's tough to, tough to reach. You know what's interesting though what you're about what you're saying here is that. Uh, if you talk about the words that Jesus used in regard to prayer, he said, ask, seek, and knock. Mm-hmm. So we're asking, seeking, and knocking. But if you if you were to take this, this what seems like to be a caveat to this verse, oh, and by the way, God knows what you need. He knows exactly what you need. Why don't you just ask, what if, what if when we understood that, what we actually need, and we begin to pursue, like, the Lord's Prayer says, pray, day, pray these things daily. My Father, yeah. who's in heaven. Yes. But then we get into this part of, of deeper prayer that I think we all should get to. And we should say, since you know everything I need, and you sit at a different vantage point than me, Father, why don't you tell me mm-hmm. what I need to do? that I may follow you. And then we begin, see, we, I think we get caught up on that ask, seek and knock about all the things that we need. And God's not saying don't ask for those things because if one is, has a sick friend or a person or a child in, in their lives or, or they need God's immediate help. It's not, I'm not saying don't do that, but I'm saying for the bulk and the meat of our prayer, like now, father, Mm -hmm. now, you know, here's what's on my heart. You know everything I need, and you know what's before me. Tell me what's next. Yeah, that's I've done more praying in the last two years on uh, speak, Father, uh, your servants listening on that scripture in Acts more than more than probably any other scripture. The uh, the readying myself to listen uh, prayer for me. The prayer portion of it is the talking. The meditation portion mm-hmm. portion of it is the listening, mm-hmm. and I start my prayer with the I'm ready to listen. Mm-hmm. Do with me as you need. Mm. Your servant's listening. Yeah, and the, just where I'm at in my in my faith walk, the last two, the last probably two years, at least the last year, that that has been a strong and focal point of my prayer. Mm. Um, that's not to say that I don't pray on other things like like the Lord's prayer is a good is a good box checker, you know, like mm-hmm. like these are all the concepts and ideas that you should pray. Yes, on. it doesn't it doesn't mean 
verbatimly pray it because when I verbatimly pray it, like it's a robotic reaction, mm. there's no heart behind it. Yeah. Uh, this scripture of Matthew is, I put some heart behind it because God yeah. knows your heart. Right. And come, come See, honestly with that's, that. That's the other part of that. That's the other side of that coin. Father, you already know what I need. So all these things yeah. that I'm actually praying for become a distraction to mm-hmm. what actually, you know, that I need. Mm-hmm. And now this prayer conversation if in fact it is a conversation, then this prayer conversation turns turns into a redirecting session where, hey, son, look, I see you, you're you on this track, but if you'll do this, if you'll move here, if you'll go forward this way. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the other verse. And, and again, we're talking about creating content for your prayers to pray to God. Yeah. When you think about it like that, it's like, ooh. Like we're all content creators around here. So if you're a content creator for your for your business or your website or your your speaking, whatever, you understand the weight of content creation. And I think if we took prayer a little bit more serious and created our content, I'm not saying be robotic and, and wrote memory. I'm, I'm saying that's one of the reasons I journal is, is I'm, I'm a little bit ADD like, uh, father, would you bless my sons? Oh, and by the way, Blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, squirrel, let's ride a bike. Whoa. And I think when we write things down, it helps to focus more. But it makes us think about, okay, I just said this. What 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 follows this? And I'm, again, not hammering anybody that doesn't do that. Because I'm one of them. No, yeah. Some people <laughs> just, and I've found for me, it's a fusion of both, of all the all the different praying. Uh, Matthew 12, 33 through 36, a tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, its fruit is good. If a tree is bad, its fruit is bad. You brood of snakes, how could evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in the heart determines what you say. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. But an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. And I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. So just the the overarching message. That's a long one. Yeah. The overarching message here is whatever words come out of your mouth, the listeners can can dictate what the contents of your heart are. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, a good a good thought process is if you take a, a daily inventory. I do. I take inventory. I don't write it down. Um, I would say that that's pretty close to how I journal. Uh, An inventory of the things I did, good and bad, mm. how close I was to God that day. I do that every day. Mm. And in that process, and some may write it down in a journal, uh, but in that process, I realized if I was producing good fruit or bad fruit, um, I can't lie to myself. Mm. You know, uh, my... When I had poor intentions, even if I didn't act on these intentions, if I if I had uh, perverse thoughts, if mm. I had my my at this point in my Christianity, it isn't so much going around saying sorry I did this, sorry I did this. Mm. It is sorry I thought this, sorry mm. I, sorry I I internally I I, I reacted like that. And I didn't react mm. in person this way, but the idea that I wanted to, yeah. And that's good. That's where I'm that's at. Really so, good. so when I when I hear this portion of Matthew, the tree is identified by its fruit. Mm. Um, a good tr- uh, a tree is good. The fruit will be good. Mm-hmm. Now, 
what I present to the world is more times than not good. Mm -hmm. But I'm in a refining period now in my life that I know that the thoughts I have, uh, the intents I have, though I don't act on them, can and ultimately will destroy the roots of my tree. Mm -hmm. So they need to be uh, unrooted as soon as possible. You know, seeds seeds uh, bear roots. Roots bear a tree. A tree bears fruit. Mm-hmm. And I think when we talk about this idea of seeds, and then the scripture talks about seed time and harvest, where you plant a seed, it takes time for it to come to fruition, and then there's a harvest of that seed. And I think when we think about our words, as Proverbs 18.21 says, the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. A lot of people use that to be negative. But what if we turned it around and said, the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. It doesn't say, one. Well, we, people say that the power of life and death is in the tongue. They use that a lot. It comes from this verse. But what if we what if we honed in on the concept that the verse is actually talking about where where if we speak of good things and we speak life, then then we will reap a, the mm-hmm. consequence of life. Yeah. Of blessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when we're talking about content for prayer and we begin to pray, what's what's the most what's the most impressive thing? That what's the thing that peels away any callousness you might have on your heart when it comes to your kids? When they come to you and they say, they say, Dad, I love you so much. And I'm going through this. And I remember the other day you said, whatever you said. And because two things happened, at least they did for me, two things happened was, wow, they remembered what I said and understood it. And now they're bringing it back to my attention because it bore some sort of of root in their life. And now they're asking, dad, didn't you say this? Will you do this now? Like requesting of you based on what you've said. Mm-hmm. They come to you because now that th- well, dad said it, He's got authority. Now I believe he will provide. Will he provide if I ask? Mm-hmm. How does that make you feel? My children are entering that phase in their life where those things are. So it, my children are starting to I, I become more mature in in wisdom concepts. Mm-hmm. So uh, it hasn't happened very frequently yet because mm-hmm. my, my children are first and second graders. Mm-hmm. But it's it's beginning to, and I don't know I don't know if that's a normal age, or or in unnormal age for that to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're the, we're about to turn a corner here where now wisdom principles mm-hmm. are starting to set in. Mm-hmm. It's not just do good at school, uh, treat treat people well. It, now it's it's now we're talking about concepts mm-hmm. of, of the of being good and bad, why we do these things. Yeah. More than, more than just this wisdom focuses on this one thing. It's an overarching concept that affects most of, but, but when, when your kids come to you and they say, Hey dad, 
I acknowledge you. Mm-hmm. You said, will you do this for me? The, the, to answer that question, when, when they come with something I've said as a teaching and, uh, and they have an understanding, yeah. my reaction is to give them more of it. Right. Is right. It's, it's part of that, uh, ask, seek, knock. Yeah. When yeah. they, when they are, when they have asked and, and seeked and then knocked on the door, yeah. I, I, I not only reaffirm the previous lesson, but now they can advance right. and get more. Right. Lesson. Right. So the point is that you being evil, Jesus said, knowing how to give your, your kids good gifts, how much more does the heavenly father want to give you the Holy spirit? Mm-hmm. So the point here is that we being evil fathers and we're only good because God has invested in us and made us good then how much more does God want to give us? Mm-hmm. One of my friends used to say, he used to tuck his kids in every night and he said, he would say to his kids, I love you so much. I love you with all my heart, but God loves you even more than I do. And to your point, God wants us to give more, but he's, it's an interesting thing. I believe with, with heavenly father that he's not going to give anything to us that would corrupt our understanding of him. Mm-hmm. That's the truth. That's the truth. Yeah. And he's going to make sure because he, every father knows his kids well, and he's going to speak to that child and award and reward that child in the way that that child most understands Mm -hmm. most effectually will, will create a pathway to success and destiny and legacy for that kid. So on that idea, a sub note, and this, this, we, I don't want to unpack this. I really don't want to unpack this, but as a listener, it's more of a, I'll say this, think about it and email us. And maybe we could we could do it in a future series, but when people become bloody rich, mm-hmm. <laughs> like rich rich, do we think it's of God or of the enemy? Yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing. Uh when they become so Scrooge McDuck rich that they could yeah. swim in a vault of gold coins. Yeah. Ah, is that of God? You know or is that of the accuser? Uh, but it's both. It's both. I'm sure there's, however, I'm sure there, I'm sure there are instances, how, however, but in the experience of oftentimes the ridiculously wealthy die with it. If you, if you go back to our conversation several weeks ago about Job, um, Lucifer, the deceiver, the accuser, the one, um, he, he was used by God to validate God's commands, principles, mm-hmm. and concepts because he chose he chose to rebel. So don't want to sidetrack on that. What I do want to point out is this, is that there is a richness that comes, a refining of our understanding of what real life is about when, when we have and say the right words. Mm-hmm. Because I heard a I heard a rich guy say one time this guy that obviously didn't have much money he said um, uh, he said um, you know money's not everything and the rich guy was a really nice guy like he was super nice, like a humble guy good guy Jesus guy and he said well he said he said John you're just not shopping in the right place <laughs> yeah. now I want to tell you right now I hear people talk about it all the time if I win the lottery uh. And, and usually it's a bunch of, it's, it's actually, to be honest, because I'm a listener of narratives. 
when I'm in a group, I don't say a lot because I want to listen to what people said. Because if I can remember that they've said that to me before, it's almost like mm, I'm, I'm, you, nothing new is in your life. But what I'm what I'm pointing out here is that I think that that when um, when we repeat the same narrative to the Lord and we we say the same thing over and over without listening to what he wants to say to us and and listening and, and not listening to uh, he knows exactly what you need listen then i think we get into trouble and he doesn't cut us off and he doesn't ignore us but he's he's the the constant listener i know what you're going to say i'm going to listen and if you're not going to listen to me, I'm going to go let you put your hand on the burner and then come back to me with pain, and then then you'll listen. God God usually only speaks to me when I'm coming to Him honestly. He I can't I think in the times of my life no, that I've known God, um, He's never delivered something when I've had dishonesty when I come to Him dishonestly. Well, you've just hit you've just hit the nail on the head that. So yeah. I know that there are people listening that yeah, like that, that's it. that they say, "Well, I never hear of God." Well, I would I would ask you, are you going, coming to him honestly? Are you are you praying to him honestly? Because he knows your heart. And if you're going to come dishonestly, why would what why would he why would he why would he respond? Hmm. You know, he's just sitting back like like what you just said, Barry. He's just sitting back and learning. Mm-hmm. Just sitting back and listening, taking it in. If you're not coming with anything new, you're not really moving on here. Yeah. He's discerning your heart. Well, and your honesty with Yeah, him. and I think God God is a he's a good father and he's going to do that. Here here are nine simple things that you can do to create content with God. They're just simple. They're not you don't have to not a whole lot of of elaboration needed. We can a little, but it's it just just do them. You know, just do it. Um Number one is just simply trust God. He knows exactly what you need. God is who he says he is. He, he's, he's, he knows you. He knows your future. He knows your past. Just trust him. Number two, believe that he is God. One of the things that I think that, that creates pain in a father's heart is when a child his his child doesn't believe in him. And I don't think God overlooks that. I think it bothers him that we don't believe. I don't think he weeps and he's all bent out of shape, but I just I just know that it saddens his heart if we don't believe him. Third thing, just be consistent. Like you, for example, you're a pretty, pretty consistent guy. Like at certain times of day, you do certain things. You eat the same thing for lunch every day. You eat the same thing. You do the same routine in the morning. And you're probably one of the most effective guys I know what you do because you're consistent. And I think with consistency, with prayer, even, even if you start small and grow big, it's still consistent. Yeah. Yeah. And then four set appointments. Like you have a time in the morning, mm-hmm. you have a time in the evening, mm-hmm. you and pray throughout the day. Throughout the day. Yeah. So there those are those are two set appointments and then there's this this process through the day that 
I have conversation with God, not because I'm, if I haven't seen you in a week and I said, Hey, uh, Hey Keith, uh, uh, I need a favor. And then I ask this huge grandiose favor of you and I'm not seeing you in a week, not talk to you, not communicated, none of that. And then you get to a point, what, what, so all these dudes just asking for things. If you if you only check in once every right. couple of weeks, yeah, and you're only asking for favors, right? Then then yeah. and even God doesn't like the that. human nature of you. Kind of be like, ah, no, this guy's checking in, yeah, because he needs something, yeah. So when we're consistent and we keep the open lines, David, David, one of the things about King David was that he kept the short short accounts with God. Like when he sinned, he ran to God and said, hey, I, Father, I seek out any wicked way in me. Point it out. And then we live, we live purposefully. Most of the guys that I talk to that are struggling with their lives have zero purpose in their life other than to seek purpose. Yeah. And that's all they're doing. And, and. Uh, to be clear, because I'm consistent and almost monotonous with the things I do, doesn't mean that I'm doing it without without a calling and purpose. Right. You know. So right. if you're a person like me that, well, I do the same thing every day, wake up at the same time, right. leave for work at the same time, go to the same job, right, at the table at right. the same time, that's no. beautiful. Yeah. There's it, yeah. The, the, the predictability of it. That's awesome. There's fruit in it. There is. You are so. Yes. But so you can consistently get on page with God. Well, you, you can you, consistently be miserable. Well, but but to your point, let's let's camp out on that for a couple of minutes. To be consistent, but to live purposefully. Yeah, like there's the difference. We I know people who I tell people all the time. I'm one of the most boring guys you'll ever meet. What's your schedule? What do you do? Very, you can pretty much everybody. Most everybody in this in the on this staff knows where I'm at most of the day, and and if it's a certain time at night, there's one of two places I'm at. They know that. So it's like, it's a good, it's a good thing. It's not, I'm not saying just be boring and, and, but have to your point, have purpose about it. You have, if you, if you have a a regiment, then you already have, uh, you already have the ingrained ability to purposefully go to God. There you go. You already have it. Yes. It's not going to be that hard. You, You have the possibility of adding more Jesus into your routine. It's, mm-hmm. it's already ingrained into your culture. Mm. And that's good. Well, again, circling back, we're talking about creating a culture of prayer with the content that you pray here. Mm-hmm. That's the theme here. I hope everybody got it. But if we're creating this culture within our own hearts and minds and we're praying that to God, our words are not going to return void. Mm-hmm. Our words are going to our Father. And as he filtrates them in our hearts and helps us understand then we begin to pray things that that he wants us to pray, yep. and then the then the fruition comes at at light speed. The prerequisite to all of it is coming honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you just got to come honestly. Yeah, yeah. Dishonesty won't fly. Then have faith. Faith is what makes things happen. Faith is what takes you through the point in time where where when things look dark and they don't look like it's going to work, then for sure. Faith is the thing that bridges from where you are to where God wants you to go. Then remember, remember what the things you want to pray about or remember the things that God tells you. And not everybody can carry around a notebook during the day. However, you can you can text message yourself. The guy that text messages me most in my life 
is me. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> and I text me. And then uh, I remember things that way. Or maybe you have a little app on your phone where you could do that. But there, God says some things that are really important at inconvenient times. And you need to write those down. Because you, it's like waking up in the middle of the night with, oh, gosh. And you don't write it down. Oh, I'll remember it tomorrow morning. You never remember it tomorrow morning because it was a Kairos moment that God intended for you. You ever had those happen? I do. I I am an obsessive by nature. I'm an obsessive compulsive person by nature. Mm-hmm. So when God comes to me, I I, I don't forget. Mm-hmm. Like because they're they're the only thing that I obsessively compulsively yeah. meditate and think of throughout the day. Yeah. Uh, because I, I am in the creation portion of Life Church. I'm on the creative team as mm-hmm. the guy that makes the videos. Mm-hmm. The guy that comes up with. A lot the of the content, the creative, the content, content. the content. So, um, I pray and I'm praying, I'm praying. And then all of a sudden, just like that, like yeah. I'll see videos. What if people, what if Keith, what if people could adapt and understand and grab this principle we're trying to, to lay the smoke down on for is that literally they could do the exact same thing, except they would be creating the content for their lives, mm-hmm. just like you create content for video. If they just pray and seek and find and yep. hear, and God, what yep. what's going on? Yep. My job is can be incredibly intimidating because I have to consistently come up with ideas. And, and that's a way to say that in my previous jobs where I made television commercials, where mm-hmm. I made, where I was on marketing teams, to have to come up with that on your own can be incredibly intimidating. But today... I don't have to come up with those on my own. In fact, the videos that I come up with on my own are almost always terrible and no one ever sees. Mm. The ones that God discloses to me is because of how close I'm getting mm. to him. That's and so big. to bring this back, do I write things down? Not usually because my brain obsesses over mm-hmm. things until God says, you've, you, you've obsessed long enough. Now, now think on this. Okay. However, however, just, just looking at it a different way, you you are a content creator, so so I, when God speaks to you about all this stuff, and then you put it in, you I guess actually I actually recorded it, it. I guess I am so. Then you can it. go back and go, oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, as, as you like, as you said, wait, wait a second, as like I, the I, like the bumpers. I just thought about it. Like, yeah, I am requ- I'm, I'm actually I'm ingraining it in the history of life. Church. Right, like the bumpers. Like, oh yeah, like some really good bumpers, and I think bumpers make the message sometimes, or at least the precursory atmosphere setting for that. And if I can be honest with you, every piece of material I make, I put me into it. Mm -hmm. Um, This, this, uh, the bumper series for no hard feelings Mm -hmm. that like, there are large portions of that, that I'm just telling my story. So I guess I'm doing an elaborate journal, Mm -hmm. you know, that like, like Mm -hmm. in the middle of that bumper where the bass drop hits, uh, beyond contrary belief, I'm mm-hmm. feeling just yeah. fine. That is a direct line from, I remember the day that I said that line in my life. Mm. Like I am writing my story in a lot of- Contrary in belief, a lot that's of, good. In a lot of content we create. So I guess, yeah, I don't write it down in the traditional sense, like dear Jesus, comma. Well, maybe we line. should maybe we should just say record because as you say that, I'm thinking TikTok, I'm thinking Instagram, right. I'm thinking yeah. like people actually record their lives live. And I'm thinking of it differently now too as we're talking right. about it. It's like maybe, so maybe we, I am the ultimate journalist. Maybe, yeah, maybe we should just, <laughs> instead of journal, instead of connecting writing with journaling, let's just... Let's just say journaling and however you define journaling, uh, but things don't just stick in our heads because so many things 
so many things happen so fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we remember we write things down. Number eight, be humble. God loves humility because you're saying. I think uh, he only talks with the humble. Well, he talks to everybody, but he talks to the humble in a favorable way. <laughs> like, I'll tell you, when I'm the most teachable, which I correlate with humble, that's when that's when I hear God. That's mm. when I see God. That's mm. when it's like, there are times in this life where I feel alone. Mm. And those are always in correlation with me not being either teachable or humble. You know, somebody, I was, I was going through like a, not a little, I just finished up a Zoom call and I was... I was tired and when you're when you're coaching people which I love to do but I just had a long run and uh a person very close to me came to me and said said what's going on what are you what what's going on and I told them and they just leaned back and they said you know you just need to be grateful <laughs> that people that people admire your counsel and want to hear you you should just be grateful. It's like, okay. <laughs> so course correction. So when people change your narrative, which that happened to me in real time, it's like get get off of your own self and maybe listen to the narratives of the other people. And since that since that thing happened just a couple of days ago, it's like, okay, I'm going to be very grateful. I'm going to be very grateful that – and it's changed my capacity for having more grace for people. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, I'm very, yeah. I'm, I'm very anti-grace for me. I, it's have, like, I have a lot of grace for a lot of people. Like we were, I, I've said this before on the show and I've talked with you in detail. I see the yeah. good in most people. Yeah. Like I don't see the negative. Yeah. So I am, per, I'm a perpetual optimist, per, optimistic mm-hmm. person towards mm-hmm. the human race. Mm-hmm. But myself, whew. and so I'm like, like I said earlier in this podcast, like I'm at a point where uh, I, I am now taking inventory of just my thoughts, and those can be like, oh, you shouldn't even you know, thought that today. You know, Ugh. yeah. Where 20 yes. years ago, Keith, I'd yes. be like, I'd be like, wait a minute, the worst part of your days because you had three minutes of thinking, like, yes, sign me up. Yeah, yeah. You know what's interesting is the closer you get to God, just like I, I rehearse something that I said in my head. And to the same person I had this conversation with, and I said, I said, I feel like I'm a critical person. And I said what I said, and they laughed and they chuckled a little bit. I said, that, that's not critical. And I laughed, and I thought, well, you know, when you say it out loud, it doesn't sound that way. But really, it was about the contents of my heart. Yeah. And I had to, and that was what it, that was the big thing for me was checking the contents of my heart in that moment when I said it. It's yeah. like to your point, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm thinking. And then number nine is probably the big one for me is to pray in the spirit, speak in tongues. I don't know how. Yeah, Never have well, a lot of people, a lot of people, um, and maybe we should talk about that sometimes. But in short, in short, I think I think a, a good next, maybe even a next series would be the the gifts of the spirit, fruits of the oh, spirit. All right, and because I know as you as you're listening. Um, men and some women that all of us have them. Yeah. But all of us don't know how to tap into them. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like all right. It. I called it. Ding dong. I called it. Next series. Ding dong. All right. So, um, but with, with the spirit, it's, 
there's lots of confusion, but in short, baptism with the Holy Spirit is simply, and, and much much of the New Testament writing is from Paul about this topic. So there's lots of clarity there. I think where the mis- misnomers and the misunderstandings and the abuses have come from are people who didn't understand the purpose, uh, nor did they understand the public purpose for tongues. And they've abused it or emotionalized and created shows that have turned more people off. It's exactly what Paul said not to do is what we've done. Exactly the opposite. So when you talk about this and when you when you ask, here's what I tell people who who are desirous of this. I just simply say, read the New Testament, what Paul said about baptism with the Spirit. Just read what the Scripture... I actually had a conversation with some, a couple the other day that you would know them, and, and the, the wife said to me, she said, you know, I've confused this. It says here in the book of Acts, boom, 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 and I've overcomplicated it. It just says this, and it makes it more, speaking of the upper room, it just makes more sense. They were there. They obeyed. They went there. They waited. This is what happened. And I made it I made it too hard, the lady said. I just made it too difficult. So I think, I think if we just go to the source and say, and the scripture says, by the way, Jesus said in John, you have no need for any man to teach you. But the Spirit, in other words, the Holy Spirit himself will teach you all things that you need to know from God. So there's that in, intimate, intricate relationship. And it also applies to when we are in church and we are learning and being discipled, the Holy Spirit himself will confirm what we're hearing mm-hmm. so that we're not deceived. Well, you're not going to learn unless the Holy Spirit's present. Right, you're only going to be right. disclosed what the right. Holy Spirit thinks you're thinks you are ready for. Right, you and, know, and that's his, why the more times you read the Bible, the more you're going to pull out of it because you are advancing deeper. You deep are, waters. Your your programming is getting so much more advanced each time you read this, mm-hmm. and the Holy Spirit's just giving you more and more, mm-hmm. just giving you more and more. Yeah. that's why you know uh, the, how that scripture is like. Like the Holy Spirit's going to let you know what you need when you need it. Right. That's not to say that that's yeah. your ceiling. The Bible is such that uh, a person one day into into this faith walk yeah. can can get something as a per, as can the person ninety days in, ninety days to ninety years in. Yeah, there is always going to be something new to unravel. Yeah, in these in Scripture. Yeah, you're never going to like. I, I don't know a single person that could say nope, no at all. Right, not more. No, I think I think too with this particular topic uh, to speak in tongues. If you begin to study that and read about that, and we'll put some information in our notes about that too as well, but I think I think if you just begin to seek the Lord and ask him, mm-hmm. he'll be the one. Not only is he the one that's going to give you the information, but he's the baptizer himself. Yeah, I like right? that. So he's the one. <laughs> I like that. Go straight to the source. All right. So we are in week three of, of this uh, series. This, this series, I would like to, it's probably like a, 
the first two episodes were their own series. Yeah. The the this episode, next week's episode's its own series. I yeah. can best relate it to if we're trying to relate it to it's like it's like the first two weeks were like Lord of the Rings. Yeah. This next two is like the Hobbit. Now they're okay. all part of the same uh, they're all part of the same story. You're talking about language now. Yeah. I, I hope this was better than the Hobbit. Yeah, like as it relates to Lord of the Actually, Rings. Actually, it's thematic with the same parallel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah the but, precursor. So this week, the the heart, uh, the how to speak to God, the heart and circumstance. Next week, we're going to be talking about using God's words, agreement, praying. Yeah, praying, praying what He said with Him. And watch and see what he does. Yeah, I like it. So, Boom. hey, thanks for joining us for this episode of the Father Seekers Podcast. If you uh, haven't yet, I would, I would, I would urge you, I would urge you to press the subscribe button on your podcast player. That that way, when we drop new episodes, uh, they'll be downloaded for you, ready to ready for you to listen. Um, we hey, we we thank that we thank you for listening today. Uh, if you. If you have any questions, want to throw your two cents into our conversation, email us. Um, email us. That would be great. We, we, we read them. We talk about them. And, uh, yeah, if you have any suggestions for the show, I'd say email us on that, too. Yeah? We we use email wisely here. We don't sell your email address. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, that's no, an, But we use your information that's, wisely. That's an obvious. That's an obvious. I mean, we, yeah. So, hey, until next time on the Father Seekers Podcast, Pastor Keith, Pastor Barry, sign off, saying uh, we'll see you next week. See you.